Imagine a pill that can improve your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter in an hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together. This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to the Dynamic Hour, which is the second hour on Fridays. Harley Schlanger from Berlin with the LaRouche Foundation. You can go to LaRouche, L-A-R-O-U-C-H-E-P-A-C.com. And the, also the other report called EIR, Executive Intelligence Review, is at LaRouchePUB.com. You've got lots of things to say today, including an article you sent me. And the key uh, articles are today are Resolve the New Year, Out with Geopolitics, the second article. The Adversaries are Wall Street and London City. The Allies, Russia, and China, the third article, and Geopolitics, Adopt LaRouche's Four Laws, Helga Zepp-LaRouche Weekly Webcast, and of course we have the Desperate British Attack, Freeze Trump from Populist Mythology. Now this latest book by Wolf, obviously I want you to get into it, Harley, because uh, this is the, the constant drumbeat by the left and the geopolitical global elite, and uh, I don't think people realize how dangerous the globalists and left are, and they wanted to, to literally paint Trump as a person that definitely needs the 25th Amendment to declare mentally insane or incompetent. And these people are demonically energized people that want to end much of the human race with stupid policies that bring about World War III, don't improve trade to have reciprocal trade that is useful, like bringing deals with Mai into the United States to make two more million jobs, but instead... They want to have a conflict that eventually results in the currency and eventually a thermonuclear, biological, and chemical war that will kill much of the human race. The decision is ours. Do we want to have a collaborative population of nation states that are independent instead of a globalist environment where nations don't exist anymore? Do we want the energy flux density to allow us to protect ourselves from incoming uh, asteroids and space weather and other things such as the cooling of the sun or the ice age? Do we want the human race to survive even uh, spontaneous or biologically activated plagues that can spread around the planet? We're not preparing for anything. And uh, what the globalists are doing, and people like this guy Wolf, he's a, I call a minion of hell. These people are out to take out Trump, and they're out to take out the human race, aren't they? And LaRouche has been saying this for, what, five decades? And people need to get the, the point that we have a choice. We have a choice to say, okay, Mr. G., we want reciprocal trade now that you're the new Mao, 
in China. We don't want to prepare for war. We want to prepare for trade. We want to prepare for reciprocal trade, which hasn't been happening because we've had our industry stripped from us without proper uh, competition. And we want collaboration. So maybe your your engineers, which are thousands, because they put up more engineers in Beijing than all of our engineers and Ph.D. in every specialty every year. People don't know that. Just in one city, Beijing, they graduate more engineers than all of our Ph.D.s in any scientific realm and every engineer in the country. And yet, we should have their engineers come here and help us get five-speed rail going. And then, you know, taking pollution like, you know, plastic and so it doesn't end up in the ocean and turn it back into reusable products so we don't have trash heaps or trash float in the oceans. I mean, it's it's just common sense. It's just like this is beyond, uh, you know, I put up an article yesterday when we were talking with Vince Finelli and we talked about the minionization of the population, you know, the, the, the kids' comedy minion. And it shows a tall minion with two shorter minions, and then he has a little cardboard sign that says, I'm with stupid, and it has two arrows towards the small, shorter minions. Uh, the politicians and people like Wolf want to all turn us into idiot minions waiting for our desperate destruction. Uh, please tell us what's going on with this book and how crazy it is that we even tolerate this stuff in the media. Well, let me start with one correction, which is that it's not just the left. Uh, that are going after Trump. Oh no, no! It's a, it's a, of course I agree with you. It's, it's I, the I, Rhino I, Republicans. Let me, yeah. Let me please continue. continue. A couple yeah. things just came up. William Crystal, the son right. of Irving Crystal, one of the fathers of the neocons and of the Weekly Standard. William Crystal has been running around saying Trump is crazy. Trump is in an advanced stage of dementia. Uh, a man named Painter, who is the ethics advisor to George W. Bush. Now, isn't that an oxymoron, an ethics advisor to George W. Bush? Anyway, uh, he's been out saying Trump is crazy. Joe Scarborough, formerly a Republican <laughs> congressman, is saying Trump is crazy. Now, here's what the Wolf book is. Let me, let me insert something, though. As a doctor, I know there's a doctor among physicians. That we, even psychiatrists, because I've gone through psychiatric training as well, are not allowed to make observations of people remotely and try to paint them as crazy when they're not our patients. And if they were, we're not allowed by HIPAA rules to even disclose it to the public. The fact well, is that, that people shouldn't be making statements about, quote, crazy behavior, media pundits or so-called experts, because they don't have the right to talk to the man in the first place. They've never tested him, and they don't have any neuropsychiatric or imaging studies of his brain. In other words, they're out to lunch, and they shouldn't be doing this because it's unethical either. Well, there's a, a whole new grouping now of psychiatrists around this uh, woman professor from Yale, uh, Robert J. Lifton, from, from, I think he's also from Yale. What they're saying is that, yes, in general, that's true, that psychiatrists who have not yet examined someone should not be rendering judgments. However, when, and this is what they say, when that person has the ability to obliterate the human race through nuclear weapons, we have a responsibility to preempt. So this is the line that's going uh, to Really? So in other, words, in other words, these are Napoleonic psychiatrists. You're guilty of insanity until we prove you sane. Yeah. Now, let me, let me go back to this uh, Wolf book then. Uh, my friend Roger Stone has been putting out a, a series of articles recently warning that as the Mueller case falls apart, and it is falling apart, right. then the two options that they have are to use the insanity or the dementia or the uh, incapable of performing the duties of president argument 
to bring about the 25th Amendment to, to remove him. Or, Roger says, the other possibility is assassination. Now, there's actually, I would say, a third option here, and that's the article that I just wrote, that the neocons and neoliberals in his administration who are telling him they're pushing him out front to say, praise the stock market going up as a sign of your economic genius. And unfortunately, Trump is doing that. And there was a very good article in New Yorker magazine by a fellow named John Cassidy, who's an occasionally decent columnist, and he said there's a danger in this, which is that the Trump bull market could turn into the Trump crash. And what we see is that with the buildup of corporate debt, the buildup of unsustainable student debt, car loan debt, the appreciation of housing prices, which are putting people deeper and deeper in personal debt, you have a whole series of debt bubbles which could blow, especially if interest rates are raised even a point or two. So under these circumstances, you have a whole series of other options that the neocons and the neoliberals are planning to use against Trump. Now, the important thing, and this is something that I, I think is my main point today to get across to your listeners, is that the reason they're doing this is because Trump has not stopped fighting. They thought, and let, let's talk about amateur psychologists again, they right. thought Trump would crack, that he would walk away, that he wouldn't put up with this abuse. Instead, it's just making him fight harder. And so you've got a situation here where everything they've tried has fallen short. They can't prove Russiagate because there was no Russian meddling. They can't prove Trump obstruction of justice or collusion with the Russians because that didn't happen. They're still going for it. Now, what's interesting, I don't know if you saw this today, Senator Grassley from Iowa said that he's going to recommend that the FBI go after Christopher Steele, the author of the dossier from Fusion GPS paid for by Hillary Clinton, that claims that Trump was avoiding Russian prostitutes and Putin filmed it. Uh, Grassley is recommending to the FBI that they prosecute Steele for lying to the FBI, and they, they now have evidence, they say, that shows that Steele lied when he said he did not meet with media, he did not engage in a, a campaign, uh, including with, with the FBI and the Justice Department. Right. So this is causing a huge freakout at the Washington Post. Which is good. Yeah, but you know, uh, anybody with two clues or even one and a half clues would know that this guy Steele was lying. And the FBI used this for the FISA court to get an access to start spying on Trump. So they did this. It was very flimsy evidence from a flimsy source that was paid by both the Russians and us. And once the Department of Justice gets this info, Steele is going down plus a lot of other people. interesting article I'll post up here called Decision Time for U.S. Economy. Will it be the Russia's four laws or crashing with Wall Street? Um, yeah, there's a lot of things in the mix here that tell you 2018 could be a time where we could go from a, you know, a three-plus 
economy and the 25,000 plus stock market uh, to a serious crash. There's lots of things in the mix here. And it, the same thing goes, but only with us, with China. Half of their loans in China are shark loans. China, it looks like it's really strong, but to be honest with you, we're, we're like uh, Siamese twins, us in China and the other economies. We're kind of interlocked. Uh, if we aren't their customers, they don't have a business. And it's vice versa. We have to understand that you, you, you're not just going to cut China off or Russia off, that if you do, you actually foment the, the, the winds of war. And uh, I think we're at that kind of decision where in 2018, if we don't make the right choices, things are going to foment toward war. And it won't be a regular war. It'll be a thermonuclear war where much of the human race will cease to exist. And uh, the biosphere will collapse. So yeah, please continue because I want people to understand that this year there's decisions that Trump's making that I think are pretty good. But the, 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 the globalists have... They don't have any common sense at all. I mean, it's just mind-boggling what they're planning on doing and trying to remove Trump and trying to continue with the same garbage they did with George Bush Jr. and Obama. This is uh, heading toward a catastrophe, isn't it? Well, and let's let's pick up on this question of this Michael Wolf because I think this gets uh, inside the whole picture of what's being done by the globalists. Wolf is basically a gossip columnist. His book on Rupert Murdoch is a piece of trash. And many of the people who were interviewed for it said that the quotes he attributed to them, they never made. Uh, his One of his former publishers said that he not so much reports on things, but makes things up. And that's apparently what he did with his book, Fire and Fury, about Trump. But here's the important point. Where did this first come out? It came out in The Guardian. The Guardian ran the, the opening chapter. Uh, the British are pushing this very extensively because what they're seeing is a continuing shift away from the uh, Wall Street, London, Brussels axis. Now, in the last couple of days, there are a couple of elements of this that are, are just necessary to report. I mean, people probably have heard about them. But first of all, North and South Korea opening communications. Very significant, because for those people who think that the only thing Trump is doing is tweeting about who's got a bigger nuclear button, they don't understand the way Trump is operating. Tillerson and others are engaging with the Chinese and the Russians on a very sophisticated uh, communication, opening of communications to North Korea. The South Koreans took the initiative, but it was done in coordination with China, Russia, the United States, and Japan. So there's a, an all-out effort to move to a discussion process as opposed to a war. Now, as soon as this starts, what happens next? The CIA uses their assets in Iran to try and start a regime change operation in Iran. Now, this is not going to work. But this is the British, Israeli, Saudi, Wall Street operation of destabilization through war, as you were pointing out. War is part of the strategy of the globalists. So they're being outflanked, but they're still extremely dangerous. Now, the other thing that, that fits into this picture, uh, Macron, and again, I'm not a big fan of Macron, but he's an interesting character. He's going to China in a couple of days. 
And what he's doing is he's going to, to, to tell the Chinese, forget what the EU is saying. We do want to trade. We do want a, a link to the Silk Road. Now, this is just a matter of survival for France because the French economy is going nowhere. But the Chinese are now in Serbia. They're in, they're in the Ukraine. They're in Afghanistan. They're in Syria. They're everywhere with projects and making loans based on the dollars they're holding and using those loans to build things. And they're being welcomed in Greece. They're being welcomed in Italy. They're being welcomed in Spain. Now, they're also being welcomed by Trump. But the situation in Europe is different because the, the EU is trying to stop the Chinese because they say the Chinese are geopolitical adversaries. Now, this gets to the key point you and I have been discussing for a while, Bill, which is the difference between adversaries as opposed to competitors who are competing on a fair basis and their competition is seen as a potential win-win, a benefit for both countries, as opposed to one country getting over on the other. And we don't think that way. Most Americans don't think that way because we have this, we treat politics like a, a, a sports competition. Someone has to win and someone has to lose. Well, the whole idea of the development of Western civilization is that both sides can win. And that's what Mrs. LaRouche calls the, the, the growing up of mankind out of a prepubescent uh, uh, brawl into an actual age of reason. And I think we're on the verge of that in 2018. will be interesting to see if we can make that transition. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we have some choices, and it's interesting. The rational person in this mix is, is actually Donald Trump. And when we see it, yeah, it, which is kind of amazing to me, he's very practical. I would say his business IQ is well over 200. His registered IQ is around 157. I think Trump is actually demonstrating he has a much more savvy, non-political approach. He doesn't play what we call the geopolitic game, does he? He doesn't discriminate. He he, he looks at here. I want to get a solu- I want to get a solution to something, and he pivots on it. For example, at the same time. He talks about China being a competitor. He knows that we have to compete on the issue of military and other issues, but he wants to collaborate. That's why Ma has been here trying back and forth trying to make a deal. That's why he's trying to have reciprocal trade with China. So they accept our car sales and our sales of, of produce like beef, which they just got a deal in, I think, in the spring or summer, uh, to buy our beef. What we have to understand is let's, it's, you know, it's, let's make a deal. When, when China starts buying our steak, when China starts buying our cars made in America, when China starts receiving uh, medical upgrades to their equipment, and I talk to friends in the medical system, uh, their system is archaic. If they get our advanced medical systems, which we develop with an open market here in America, and reproduce it in China, the people there will be very happy. They'll have better surgery, better intensive care units, better health care in general. And we can also learn how to take the good things that they've developed, like high-speed rail and manufacturing, and bring it back here, because in the next few years, a lot of manufacturing is going to go robotic, we need more people in, in a technical school, uh, just like uh, Dirty Jobs, you know, Mike Rowe. We have about six million jobs that aren't being filled by Americans because they're not even trained to do them. It's Some of the solutions to the problems are so smacking us in the face, we just don't face it. But LaRouche has said it for five-plus decades that you got to face these things if you want to solve the problem and stabilize the world. Back in a moment with... 
Charlie Schlanger and Lush Foundation, decisions for the economy. Will it be Lush's four laws or crashing with Wall Street? Absolutely, 2018 is the year of decision. Non-attorney. really good. I'm going to make sure it's posted up there. Um, I think that Trump doesn't have the full team he needs to, but he's moving forward. My guess is this next year, uh, we're probably going to see, and I believe that his deal with, uh, for example, Israel, is probably one of the prime reasons why the Iranian revolution is happening right now. If you go back to, you know, three or four decades before the Ayatollah Khomeini was brought in there by the CIA, uh, Iran was actually a tourist trap for people coming in from Europe. People need to understand the Iranian people are basically the potentially most democratic uh, Muslim country in the Middle East. And uh, they're not going to put well, up and, much and, more and with the mullahs. Who, but, Iran yeah. is not an Arab country. It's <clears throat> right. a person culture. But let, let me just caution one, one point on this. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an effective regime change in Iran because, in a sense... There's an ongoing change to take power away from the mullahs, the ayatollahs, which is being done by Rouhani, the current president. And the Saudi operation, uh, Al-Arabiya, is at the center of this uh, so-called regime change. And what actually happened, and this is now reported that the CIA is setting up a special unit on it. You're talking about about in, in Saudi Arabia. No, I'm talking about in Iran right now. There's a, uh, the Saudis are activating a grouping there, which I'll tell you about in a second. But right. let's, let's look at how this happened. This is very much like the Arab Spring. The, there's a bird flu that ended up causing the Iranians to kill millions of chickens. So the right. price of eggs went way up. And so you had a legitimate protest about the price of food. And before the government could move to do something, you had agent provocateurs from a group called the Mujahideen Ekalk, now MEK. Now, until 2012, the MEK was on the official list of terrorists kept by the State Department. You know who removed them from that list? Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Oh, my. Because the Mujahideen Ekalk are a CIA Saudi deployment to try to instigate riots and chaos in Iran. As soon as the Iranian regime rounded up some of the leaders of this and then made some promises about working out a way to to get eggs and food to people, the situation calmed very quickly. But this is a, a, the, the way the game is being played is to try to create a, a, a repeat of the Arab Spring inside Iran. And it's not going to work. Because Iran is working very closely with China and Russia. Now, the problem is that there are elements of our own intelligence community that are tied to Israel and Saudi Arabia through British connections. And this is part of the game that's being played to distract Trump, to get him on some Iran kick or Saudi kick or something like that. Now, our advice to President Trump, and that's what I write about in my article, is to use the time between now and the State of the Union address on January 30th 
to go back to the economic policies he elaborated during his campaign. Glass-Steagall, which will protect him from a Wall Street crash. And I say protect him because a Wall Street crash would be used to say Trump is incompetent, we've got to get him out of there. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, need that, they need it before the midterm, before the 2018 elections exactly, in the fall. Exactly. So if Trump were to, to go into the State of the Union address and say, we're going with Glass-Steagall, <laughs> we're going with big infrastructure, and we're going to have a credit policy that will not be affected by the austerity people like Paul Ryan, who say that infrastructure is too big a deficit problem. Well, if you try to build everything <clears throat> on the federal, the federal budget, it would be a problem. But right. that, look what Eisenhower did. Eisenhower set up a separate capital budget to do the highway program. Yeah, you can't connect it to the tax relief thing. It's a separate thing altogether, isn't it? Exactly. And we used to know this. This is what Hamilton did, and that's what I write about in my article. Hamilton, in setting up the American system, made sure that there was a credit agency, in this case a national bank, that was part private, part government, but a national bank that would direct credit to the areas of the economy which would produce real wealth. And this was not part of the budget which paid for uh, defense and paid for the salary of government workers and things of that sort. It was separate. Now, that in that way, it could take on a certain amount of what appears to be debt in the form of credit in the short term. But how does it pay for itself? It raises the productivity of the whole economy. The whole country becomes wealthy, and so therefore you can easily cover the cost in the future because you're producing more than you're consuming. That's well, the If you're giving a short list of technological infrastructure things that LaRouche and you would recommend, what would they be? Three or four things. Well, the first thing would be high-speed rail because our, our transportation system is a disaster. I, I'm right. sure you heard about this, but the Atlanta airport, which is the largest hub in the United States, maybe in the world, for air transport, was right. shut down for 11 hours uh, right before Christmas because a truck backed into a generator, and the system is so old that it shut down the airport for 11 hours. Every flight was grounded. Now, right. we need upgraded uh, circuitry, we need upgraded electronics, upgraded engineering for transportation. And that's something that's job-creating, but also radiates through the whole economy. Now, right. secondly, what LaRouche emphasizes is science driver projects. Those areas where for spending on research and development, job training, uh, education, and so on, you increase the overall wealth once again. And, and this is what NASA did when it was still functioning under President Kennedy. Uh, this is what a fusion energy program would do, because fusion energy will orient toward all kinds of future technologies, including plasma processing of metals and materials, uh, laser usage for manufacturing. So these are areas where you could immediately leapfrog into what you're talking about, the, the new high-tech economy of the future. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, I'd make a short list, number one. Uh, I'd say high-speed rail. Number two, uh, primary water. 
which is to start uh, creating new watershed areas around the country, which, uh, by the way, Libyan Muammar Gaddafi was trying to do. And one of the reasons why they took him out wasn't just the gold standard. It was the fact he was working in primary water with Paul Power of the Primary Water Institute here in California. Number three would be, um, like, uh, uh, dirty jobs, uh, Mike Rowe. We need more technical expertise. We should have uh, push a lot more for technical training of our people that are just getting advanced degrees. And you know, like if you got a degree in psychology or in sociology and so on, uh, will that be fries with your burger? I mean, honestly, we're, we're graduating people that don't have a potential for a real job. Uh, you know where, the, the, you know where the, the, the new areas <clears throat> in American universities are? Sports medicine, sports agentry, uh, and finance. That's wow. the that's the idiocy of uh, American education. It's ridiculous. It's not even centered on where where things are going. Now, the next thing I would say in terms of infrastructure, we need high speed fiber optics. We should get away from cell phones, which are toxic, and we should have phone booths like we did years ago. We get much higher baud rate and transfer, and people have privacy. They have, it's like going to a, a psychiatric ward, and I'm old enough to have seen people walk around kind of just talking to their silent or their invisible friends if they're a psychiatric patient on day, day pass out in the yard. Uh, that's what it's like with cell phones everywhere now, and they're toxic. They've now come out with come out and said it fries your brain causes cancer. Surely people have to understand... And also things like smart grid. Why do we have smart uh, power grid systems when we need to move toward plasma distribution lines, fusion energy, and local generation? For example, I talked to a company that actually can make a refrigerator-style nuclear reactor that can supply hundreds of homes or businesses. You bury it in the ground, and it's good for 20 years. You don't have to ever do anything with it. Uh, There's lots of technology that we should be developing. One of the next things is what's called complete recycling. So you can go to a, to a distribution place that has little cubes of lead, mercury, plastics, whatever. Nothing goes back into landfill or out in the oceans. We should have total high-speed plasma conversion, which, by the way, they do in Japan. They already have the technology. So why don't we do that? I don't know. doesn't make sense. We did those things and rebuild all the roadways. Things would be great. It's a no-brainer. A big Berkey. So, Carly, I want you to summarize, because I know you have to leave a little early today. Can you just summarize what you said and why... 2018 is such a fulcrum year because what, one of the reasons why I like having you on is because your organization, Valinda LaRouche and Helga Zepp LaRouche and yourself and other great people, uh, are basically framing the problems of what the human race has to face, both on our physical international level and also the geopolitics and space weather of, the, of just living in a galactic universe where in, you know, space objects and space weather and everything interact with us. And we're not preparing for anything. Um, you know, the, the fact is you guys sort of frame the problem and then provide solutions, which well, if you, you have, have a long enough uh, planning period, you can actually do something to avoid disaster. Please continue. You asked for a brief summary. Let me just say this. <clears throat> the so-called deep state, which is really the British Empire and its extensions into America through Wall Street and Washington, right. is in big trouble because they decided to take out Trump 
and they did it on a fraudulent basis, and they didn't expect there would be a fight back on the level there is. And one of the things I would urge your listeners to do is go to the LaRouchePack.com website and download the report we did on who Robert Mueller is. It's called Robert Mueller is an Amoral Legal Assassin. And we go through his record and why he's not going to stop. He's going to keep going until he's stopped. Now, the good news is there's a real fight back going, including from the president, including from what our organization is doing. We circulated that document to the whole Congress, both houses. Secondly, we're pushing to get Trump to support LaRouche's four basic laws, to use the State of the Union address to break with monetarist, neoliberal austerity policy, and instead do the kinds of things you and I were just discussing, of generating credit into the areas of physical production, which will allow for a great uh, an increase in the rate of growth. Now, these are two simple things that could be done. Defeat the deep state and go with an American system economic policy. The biggest problem we have is that too many people, including a lot of your listeners, uh, know that there's a crisis, but they don't think we can win. And this is where what you were just talking about on the destruction of education, people don't really believe that sovereign human beings have the creative power to come up with solutions. Well, that's nonsense. We do. It is. It is. It's, it's my greatest frustration, by the way, that people won't ask tough questions. And LaRouche's and your organization has found solutions for virtually every issue, whether it's missile defense, which should be shared with our enemies and allies, that we should look toward space weather and space objects as, as danger and also opportunity, like mining asteroids is a major engineering feat of the future. Well, and I, I have to leave at that, but let me tell people, if they, besides looking on your website, if they want to look at the articles that I've written recently on these subjects, they can go to my new blog, which is lpac.co slash Harley. So it's lpac.co, not com, but .co slash Harley. And there are a bunch of articles there which will give people some uh, idea of what we're working on. Yeah, send me that uh, link so I get it correct, and I'll post it up as well so okay. that link is there. Uh, and thanks, Harley. Well, yeah, good. We're going to have you back next week, first, uh, second hour. Uh, also, if you can, make some time, and we'll do some video. The best time for me is on a Sunday. We can do it earlier in the day, which I know because of the time difference is quite late there in Berlin. I appreciate okay, you see. coming on. Okay. Excellent. Now, we have a couple more minutes here now, and uh, I'm going to make a short list of what I think uh, we need to do to make we call the build-up we call the virtual economy. Number one, we need to have high-speed rail. Number two, we need total recycling of all objects. Uh, Everything should be recycled down to an original material, so you don't have to you not just recycle aluminum cans, but plastics and everything. Number three, we need to have high-speed fiber optic cabling everywhere, and we need to get rid of the idea of cell phones, Wi-Fi networks, and so on, and go back to a super high-speed uh, fiber optics. Number three, uh, we need to have uh, basically a system of, of transfer of power through plasma distribution lines and fusion energy. We already know how to make Togamac fusion reactors. I mentioned on the show over the years. Uh, fusion reactors are something that's easy. The Chinese have already announced five years ago that they're going to assign 3,500 of their top nuclear scientists to actually work on it, and they want to mine the moon for helium-3, etc. This is all straightforward, okay? 
We need to also look at uh, simple energy generation in communities so we can have backup systems so that we have, for example, wind and solar to hydrogen. Hydrogen is the best fuel source for not only for, for homes but for vehicles, which will not cause pollution, but also uh, the idea of solar and wind to hydrogen is a very excellent way of actually preventing uh, pollution. We, uh, we need to stop generating and rebuilding what they call post-geriatric nuclear reactors. We have around 700 of them worldwide. We're building many more in China until recently they backed off in their speed of generating new reactors. All reactors that are fusion, fission energy are dangerous because they release radioisotopes into the atmosphere. And they have a zone of damage around them of dementia, small for dates, babies, and many other illnesses that are directly linked to the radius of distance from the center of the reactor because they release tritium, which is, causes DNA intercalation or sliding the crotons, uh, thorium and other radioisotopes are released from all reactors. Uh, <clears throat> we need to start looking at the Earth as a part of a collective environment of space weather, which changes not only the solar activity of the sun, we're heading into a uh, solar minimum in terms of sunspots, and we're heading into a uh, monitor type at least ice age for 75 to 90 years. But it's quite possible we may be moving into a longer cycle uh, ice age that's triggered off by the approach of Nibiru, the dwarf star that's out in our order Oort cloud. And the Atacama Large Millimeter Array announced this, that we actually are uh, being affected by gravitonic waves from deep space that affects the heliosphere of the sun, the uh, slowing of the Earth's rotation, and the possibility that not only we're having two north-south poles, but actually a polar magnetic fl uh, flip after the magnetic field drops <clears throat> could cause a lithospheric slip of the Earth's crust on the mantle. And that it could be causing a massive increase in earthquakes. They're predicting earthquakes increasing from eight last year, worldwide big ones, to 20 plus. Uh, they had a fairly large earthquake in the northern San Andreas Fault near San Francisco. Uh, the Cascadia subduction zone is due to go. Two years ago, we had a major kind of pre-subduction uh, zone slide that uh, caused a drop of eight feet in the uh, Cascadia subduction zone seafloor uh, off the coast of Oregon and Washington State. People aren't aware that it's almost certain that uh, Mount Vesuvius, which we remember about the Vesuvius explosion that killed all those people thousands of years ago, is about to happen again. Uh, we're seeing the rise of magma underneath the northeast United States where they never thought there were even volcanoes. So what we should start realizing is we're in a violent world that's about to go through some violent changes and climatic changes, not global warming. We're heading into ice age. That's why the weather is so damn cold. So they can't push this narrative anymore, but we need to realize that if we plan in advance, we can change the solar max output of the sun. We can create fusion energy. We can warm the, the Earth itself using other technology to increase the amount of solar capture of our, of our Earth by changing the albedo. And what they've been doing on the converse is actually planning on reversing that by actually pushing more sunlight out into deep space and cooling the Earth because they talk about global uh, warming, which is ridiculous. So there's lots of things we can do. We also have to prepare our populations for a different kind of educational system that's primarily online. Uh, what I want to do, see, with healthcare is I call the system I sent to the, earlier this year to President Trump and his then health director of human services. There's three parts of healthcare. First is catastrophic insurance. We want to have, make sure we have a competitive market so that everybody can have catastrophic insurance at a reasonable rate. So whether you need to go in the ICU or you have a car accident or something serious goes on, Secondly, we want to have preventive health care. That means things like I do needs to be for everybody. We need to be able to do test kits, uh, actually intervene before pathology declares itself for cancer, change your biochemistry, look at your epigenetics, and regenerate your tissues. 
And that includes things like a regenerator center that I presented uh, to the academy, which you want to build the first one in Ensenada, south of the U.S.-Mexican border, so we actually can reverse your age. And that's coming. That's going to happen in the next few years. We're building the finances to develop that. But we don't have nutraceuticals right now. We have India Me. We'll soon have this month probably Red Deer Velvet DR. We have other nutraceuticals. We can actually reverse it. We have morphogenetic field therapy, which involves the harmonic resonance to change your bioplasmatic hologram to create your cellular DNA and activation. So these things are happening. So educational systems need to change. So when vets come back from the uh, medics from the battlefield, they can master the educational requirements to be a, a surgeon. And if they go to a surgical center and prove in a few months they already can perform the surgical procedures, we won't change though. They're nationally certified, not through states, but nationally as a surgeon. And we need to make sure that the system allows doctors like me. If we want to work part-time, we can because we can afford it without get rid of malpractice and have mediation. So if I want to work two mornings a week and just even volunteer, I could do that. That's what we need. We need to move the system to a new type of economy so that everybody is employed. We need to get rid of welfare and have workfare, and that can be done and make sure nobody goes without. Not communism, not socialism, but workfare. Back in a moment. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best complete nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. 